Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Good Morning Amigo. Good morning, Amigo. Did you you oversleep? No, man, remember, I had everything locked up. Her. I had oh, I had everything not locked you, up and I couldn't you, get everything controlled. So, you, it's no, her. It me because I couldn't her, you can't let me blame someone anything. else for once. As she sleeps at home, I'm blaming her for something that she probably doesn't care about if I blame her for. And you're coming to her defense. What are you, Superman? Are you trying to save the world one person at a time? Is that what you're doing? I can't. Oh help. God, there's so much to get to. Welcome back, Larry. Welcome back live. Good morning, amigo. On the greatest radio station on the planet, Sirius XM one four five Slam Radio. So much to get to today, and yet I want to start off with some music so you can start bobbing your head a little bit, start feeling good. Because I'm gonna get into Kanye. I'm gonna get into so much stuff. Spent a week in the sun. I'm toasty. I'm brown. Nice. Toasty tan I got. Um, I'm going to tell you how they live on the west coast of Florida. So I'm going to take it easy on you. I'm going to start off with my boy. A little concama right here. This is TJ Holmes with Good Morning America, and you are listening to Slam Radio. We are back. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. You are listening to Good Morning Amigo. On Sirius XM evident that Addison loves her uncle. Why do you say this? You saw how she reacted to me when she saw me oh. on the beach. <laughs> I, know, I know it's not because I have a beach body or anything like that. So that's... Well, you had your shirt on, so that's a good thing for all of us. Yes, I saved everybody from that uh, despair of having to see that. Good morning, amigo, back here on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio coming at you till 11 o'clock in the morning. We got some good stuff today. Um, I always talk about Firefest on this show because I think it's, gosh, it's, what, what? <laughs> I've talked about it enough. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. And there's two documentaries, I'll have you know. And, um, but the one that's on Netflix, not the one on Hulu, the one on Netflix, if you, if you can go in, so many people have learned about it that no one goes in with the surprise of not knowing what happened. The beauty of me watching that was, Frank, understanding that I uh, didn't know what had happened. And as I watched this, the, the insurmountable tension that built inside of me, wondering how in the world something like this could go down, um, made the situation as fun as it was. We're going to have, <laughs> at 8 o'clock, and we're going to have them for a bit. I am not even going to lie to you. 
we don't want to talk to him for five or ten minutes, Frank. You, you, you have super to. necessary. I'm sorry? You were super necessary. What the hell is that? That's Masvidal. He's got new sounds. What did Masvidal say? You were super necessary. Well, you said we're not going to have him for ten minutes. We're going to have him longer. So it's, it's super necessary to have him longer. Oh. Super necessary? Is that what he said? You were super necessary. Super necessary. The most Miami thing he's ever said. He does. He does that very often. Seth Crossnell was in that documentary. And his story is beautiful. It's delicious. Um, and for those who, just to update you, Firefest was a festival that was supposed to take place in the Bahamas that was, um, <laughs> if somebody's deserving of a bite on this show, it would be Ja Rule. Because they do, they don't make fun of him. That's not fair. But certainly his position throughout all this, regrettable to say the least. Bro. Would you not say? Oh, yeah. Uh, he, we didn't kill nobody. Well, yeah, you, uh, you messed up a little bit. So we're going to get to talk about all of this. About Firefest. we'll talk to Seth Crosno in the 8 o'clock hour. That's going to be a lot of fun. You know what's fun about this week, Frank? Sports comes back. Sports is coming back. At least yeah, some, buddy. somewhat. Well, some baseball. We got baseball opening night. Opening week is this week. I'm I'm looking past baseball right now for a second because when I heard that all the NBA players tested negative, no positive tests since July 13th. Think about that for a second. So the the what they've done here is they've set a benchmark on how other sports need to handle this. This is peculiar. Right. They've done it right. They That's incredible. Supposedly, it's against all the numbers unless you've done something right. They've set up the whole bubble situation so that once they get in, they can go and they can go through the other hotels which are within that bubble. Wear their mask. They're in that bubble. Aren't temperatures constantly being taken? And A lot of players are staying in their rooms. A lot of them have taken up their video game setup. Like awesome. Myers Leonard has taken up. He's, yeah, Myers Leonard's he's gone to a video gamer, Miami Heat player. We know him very well down here. Um, but he's he's taken up to playing more video games than ever, and he does he has to challenges. Have you seen that beer with the basketball thing that he does? No. He puts a beer can on top of a basketball, all right? Opens a beer can. He drops the basketball. It bounces And then in it the bounces air. back up, catches it, chugs Drinks it. Yes, I've seen that. Sorry, I thought I hadn't seen it. Just saying. That's all fun and dandy, but I think Myers would rather be with L than his video games, don't you think? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's how that works. So some of the guys are going to have fun time during all of this quarantining and stuff. Adjusting. It's all about adjusting. I'm going to adjust with you. The adjustment we're going to make is that in the 10 o'clock hour, Looks like it'll be 10.05. We'll get Walter Villa on. Woo! He is the host of Frontline 305. Uh, front page 305. is going to be Frontline. He'll kill me. Front page 305, which will debut today. Am I correct, Frank, in saying that? Correct. What time is that? Is that a noon start for us? It's a noon. High noon. High noon. So after us is the youth from 11 to 12, and then from 12 to 1, front page 305 with Walter Villa, Andre Fernandez, and Manny Navarro's 85 years of Journalism experience between the three of them and their producers, a 15-year-old with the last name of Milian. I'm very proud of my son, by the way. Allow me to take a quick second to, to say uh, the fact that he's taking this on as a side thing just for fun because he's going to gain experience. Remember, he sort of knows Manny. 
um, that helped the whole thing and Manny's connection to the Canes and whatnot. And and Walter's been dynamite. Like Walter's been just like awesome with him. So I uh, I'm loving every minute of it. Right, 85 years of journalism experience plus 15 years of life equal 100, a perfect 100 there. And I love that whole numerologic whatever combination that comes in. The bottom line is my son gets to produce the show, and I think it's dynamite. I hope he's ready for that ride. It's going to be fun. They razz him a bit. I think that's kind of funny. We, we've been uh, poking at him, getting him his skin a little thicker. So we're looking forward to that. We'll have Walter on in the 10 o'clock hour this week. We're going to have our boy from the Astro Shame Tour. <laughs> We got to get back on that wagon. Do you think in empty stadiums they will th- still throw at the Strohs? Do you think that's not going to happen? Oh, that's still going to happen. A hundred percent, that's still going to happen. <laughs> oh boy, we're on fire. Someone's had some time in the lab. By the way, we got a new little sound of the way we're going to sound around here. Everything's going to start changing in the coming weeks. Don't be scared. It's just an uptick. It's time. It's time. The seniors around here decided it was time. <laughs> Put the young ladies to work, our program director, our technical director. They don't know what's going to hit them. They don't know yet that they're coming in on Friday, Frank. They have no idea. No idea they're coming in on Friday. We're, we're reprogramming the world here at Slam Radio. But seriously speaking, we're going to have some fun in the coming days as we lead up to the start of baseball season. I saw some baseball yesterday. Man, can't ever get over those 2-2 ties but the Yankees and the Phils skated to a 2-2 tie. Exhibition. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Lauren debuts Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. She debuts Wednesday. And her show will be 30 minutes. So actually the first week it'll be, we'll just play it back to back. But what'll be her routine when we do 30-minute shows is we give you an hour block. And the first half hour is the latest episode. And then the second half hour is the back. Or do we do it the other way around these days? Um... I think you said it right. Yeah, I think we do the the most updated one the first half hour, and then we play a best, like, you know, here's a blast from the past. Right. So we do that, and we did that with the Alzheimer show, and now we're doing that with the Lauren Goodwin show. If you don't know who Lauren Goodwin is, you better ask somebody. She can make one-handed catches like Odell Beckham, <laughs> and she looks like a runway model. She is beautiful, she's intelligent, and she empowers young ladies with basically just being Lauren Goodwin. <laughs> so we gave her a 30-minute platform once a week. Actually, it's a one-hour platform once a week. So you'll catch her at noon tomorrow here. Dono and Frito return this week as well, do they not? Thursday at 12. At 12. They'll ride it out for two hours. We're excited to bring that to the table. And we got some more stuff we're cooking. We have one, two, looks like three to four more announcements coming in the, in the coming days and maybe week or so. That we're excited to bring to the table as well. There's another show that's also debuting on Wednesday, which is your Godson show. Yes, which is a KNR. Nonsense and reasoning. So they get it started on Wednesday. That'll be from 1 to 2. From 1 to 2. And um, that that's going to be a beautiful thing. And then I think the following week we're going to get, we're going to be able to most likely put in some new shows. If not, uh, we'll start that the first week of August for sure. Um, but we have some other surprises coming on the table. And that's the whole resounding, reprogramming, re my mama, whatever it is we're doing. Um, I had a few days in the sun, Frank, and I was able to enjoy the sun very much so. Uh, the weather really cooperated. But even more so, you know, in Naples, it's recommended, not required, suggested, not required to wear a mask. So, I, like, if someone works somewhere, they're required to wear the mask. Right. I walk into your establishment, I don't have to if I don't want to. Correct. 
I had the same scenario in Fort Myers or Cape Coral, actually, when I went to go visit my dad. So what's odd is, let me see if you had the same numbers. If you had to guesstimate, it seemed like about 70 to 80% of the people wore masks, even though they weren't mandated to. Yes, sir. Correct. And then you know, about went from a quarter or so of them, you saw them without a mask. Mm-hmm. About right. About right. Did you feel uncomfortable? Not at all. Yeah, neither did I. Even went into an establishment. We went to go pick up some pizza, which is the best Chicago-style pizza south of Chicago that I've ever had. And it's in Cape Coral. It's amazing how good this pizza is. And we walked in, and they had every other booth pretty much uh, empty. And everybody was just kind of chilling and a good time. You didn't even think about the coronavirus in there. Spot in Naples. I think it was called Napoli. Napoli on the Bay. Really good pizza. I was quite surprised how good that pizza was. Continue. No, but like in general, like, and then, but see, like, now my instinct is I start walking into an establishment and I'm like, oh man, my mask. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hold on, I don't necessarily need it. But now I feel awkward because since I'm so, it's so necessary here to use it, I feel awkward I walking wore, in and not having it on. I went to Publix every day. Yeah, thank you. Super necessary. <laughs> you like that one more than I do. I almost don't understand him. Say it again. It was super necessary. It almost sounds like the superness is there. It was super necessary. Remember, it's in a press conference, and he was being talked over. I understand. It sounds like the superness is there. Superness is there. That's what it sounds like. It was super necessary. It was super necessary. Okay. Learn your Miami lingo. No, I can tell. I'm not, I'm not understanding my boy. Jorge's the man. We're going to have to try to get him on the show. I've been trying I've been trying for weeks. It's not as easy as you think. He got into some polit- political speak with Lebetard last week, and I was even cringing in my seat driving home. Oh, well, he's fun to talk to. <laughs> he's a fun guy to talk to. Yeah, he's, a, he's a fun guy. Opposed to fungus. Fun guy, the plural. Fun. He is... I feel bad that he went through what he did last week in that fight. Only because I feel as if... Had he had time to prepare, he would have beat the foot stomper himself. Remember, he lost like 20 pounds in six days. In six days, which oh, people were like, oh, where's his energy? He didn't have any energy. He didn't have energy. He, he lost, lost it all. pounds in oh, six days. Got to relax. Um, he said he didn't want to come up with any excuses, but that was pretty much it. He just wasn't He wasn't prepared. See and why he's a man's man, though? Yeah. Took whole ownership of something that he put himself in the middle and accepted. But why, accept that's it. why he told him. He goes, hey, I'm going to get a couple of victories. I come back. Let's run it back. And that's why they were laughing. That's and stuff. all he about a hard the time because he was laughing. He got me against the cage. He kept on telling me to get get off the cage, and I couldn't get it off the corner. I didn't have the I didn't have the energy to get off the cage. Risk reward, man. He risked it, right? And he knew that there'd be a reward if he could pull it off. But who else can criticize him for what happened? I can't. Well, I believe he's 37 years old, so it's he's getting a little older. He doesn't have time to play. That's he the, have he's time at to 24. Around. I got to wait for my title shot, no, bro. He's exactly. stupid. He didn't have time. That he doesn't. He I'll may do not it. ever get a title shot. So right. he found himself, hey, look, I'm going to have a title shot. I'll I'm do it. And I might not. Run it back. So people are going to say, hey, is this going to kind of tarnish his, his, his value on the following pay-per-views? No. Nope. I don't think so. Look how many pay-per-views were purchased in a week's, ni- in a week's time after they found out the Masvidal's was going to be the one um, fighting this guy. Unreal. Oh, well. They can say whatever they want. He belongs to us. I can't wait till he becomes champion. More than just the BMF, too. That's what will excite me for sure. Um, Frank, we're going to come back. And I was thinking about, as I watched ESPN, with, with a lot of ardor this week, 
Nothing was more entertaining to me than last night's Twitter rant by Kanye West. Did you get a peek at that? I did get a peek at that. A lot of chatter about that. Like, that's part of that Kardashian curse I talk about. Some of the stuff he said was kind of crazy. I think he was strategic about it. But what he said about the wifey, that no, no daughter of his is going to sell herself to Playboy. I was like, ooh. Then he outed Chris. And what she did. Maybe he said she whored out Kim. He's not lying. <laughs> did you get the sound I sent you? Um, I have it here loaded up. Do you, you want to play that real quick? Because this is kind of... After the break. You, you want to tease it? Is that how you want to do that? Yeah. That's how the radio stations that's, do that's that what, these days, right? Here, yeah. Like when you come up against the break, instead of going long, you tease it. And then when you're teasing it, you're telling people that when you come back from break, you're going to get to hear what I'm teasing you about right now. Is that correct? That's the way it works. That's how we handle this on radio, right? That's how we handle it. All right, we'll be back. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio. Sirius XM Channel 145. What's up, everybody? This is Spice Adams. Slam Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. Good morning to you. Get the hell up. You are listening to Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145. Uh, I thought we had a moratorium. We weren't playing his music around here anymore. Well, when you tease him coming out and everybody's sitting on the, at the edge of their seats waiting to sell, see what you're going to say about Kanye West, then you got to kind of play a little bit of Kanye West to keep them at the edge of their seats. If not, they go away. It's also a radio game. <laughs> yes, it is. You got to love it. So, brother, when, were you as surprised as I was when... Like, last night, he went off the deep end a little bit. A little bit. I started seeing those, the things that he was saying, and I'm like, oh, here we go again, Kanye being Kanye. Makes it tough when he does that, right? Well, the stuff that he was saying was the surprising part. The, the rant wasn't surprising at all. Because Kanye, every once in a while, he goes off the rocker, and then he just lets loose but on all this tyrant. Do you think I'm going to take some dude seriously that has a guy with a GoPro walking around, following him, filming him as he's on the phone, or like the video I sent to for all to see? Mm-hmm. Tipo tiene un que me he's, he's super, he's super into himself, and he's so. Guy's nuts. But how is it that his music sells? I know, by the way, you you mentioned on the break that you think this was kind of a little trap because he released the playlist of his new album, mm -hmm. meaning that Kim was in on this and Chris was in on this. Well, I was reading other stories last night that Kim is bothered with a couple of the things that she he was saying. I don't know about the stuff last night. But a couple of the things that he had said about um, about him wanting to keep it, but Kim not wanting to keep, the, I guess, his first daughter. Um, and I guess he brought it back to his mom wanted to keep him, but his dad didn't want to. And he there would be no Kanye West if it was for his dad because his dad didn't want him around. So she was bothered about stuff like that. There's been speculation that there's been problems in their marriage and a lot of chatter about maybe a divorce or stuff. They keep denying it. But now the stuff that happened yesterday, now we're going to see if it was planned or not. Because now if she comes out again and says, hey, that was wrong of him, how dare him say stuff like that, then it was just Kanye being Kanye and just going out on tirades. 
But he said a lot of stuff yesterday that raises an eyebrow. You're like, wow, I can't believe he's actually saying stuff like this. But then he drops the playlist after all this entire tirade, and you're starting to question yourself how much of this is true. So does that make you look at the playlist anymore? Um, not really. I mean, Were you going to look at it or listen to it regardless of this? I don't listen to new Kanye, so I'll put it there. So I wouldn't have, and this doesn't spark my ire, right? Mm -hmm. So you played that song now, but in all seriousness. That was good Kanye, though. It was good Kanye, which I allude to all the time. But I'm not about, I'm, we are in the business of loving everybody, right? Right. I have a difficult time with the way Kanye treated us in our own house when he came through. So he doesn't give a rat's ass if I don't play his music. And that's all fine because I don't give a rat's ass about anything other than the comedic value of what a fool he makes of himself for the sake of attention. Whether it's money or whether it's just because. How do you run for a president and not fill the things out you need to fill out and do all your due diligence? Was that why he only ran for like seven days? Well, I don't know. Did he already bow out? Oh, I mean, yeah, he's out. He's out? He's out already. I think it lasted 13 days. I didn't even realize there was an official, I'm out of this. Uh, I believe whoever his spokesman was said that he would be buying off. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So, um... Now he leaves us with comedy. Comedy with a K. Want to play the whole marketing game? Kanye comedy KK. Uh, uh, uh. Listen. Dude, you would think that 2020 would do one thing and make us flick off, flip off, or brush off this kind of stuff. Like, you would think this is so inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. And yet, it gets the likes, he gets the clicks, gets everything out of it that he wants. It's all a game. Yeah, he has like 172,000 likes on the, on the playlist he put out yesterday. Um, and all these videos are getting a lot of attention. I think this is the reason why he's doing it. So apparently, the clip that we're going to play in a few minutes, it's a clip from, uh, I guess, an... Uh, an unofficial presidential campaign that he had in South Carolina. Hmm. So he's saying again that he's going to continue running for president. So go, go ahead and play that beautiful sound. Here, here is Kanye speaking uh, to the public. So that's a Stephen move. When Harriet Tubman... Well, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for other white people. Y'all, we leaving right now. <laughs> so that I got. So that's a Stephen move. <laughs> I got that from, uh, yeah, absolutely. Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for other white people. Y'all, we leaving right now. So I got to credit Myra on Twitter. Um, I, I can't. It's at Le Papillon Blue. Um for posting that, uh, the video from Toe, no, Tony, which is, I guess, the person who actually created the video. I like to give the credit. Y'all, we leaving right now. Yo, we leaving right now is about the funniest thing I've heard in 2020. I couldn't stop. I could, I just couldn't stop. Y'all, we leaving right now. So, <laughs> but there, there's so many gems out there that I want to make sure 
you know, that you understand for a second that these are the people that get rich off of the most dastardly things that we should not be feeding into. So we're living in a world where we're concerned about misinformation and how the media manipulates, and we want to talk about the Kardashians and Kanye West. Kanye West came in here, it's an institution of learning, it's a high school, and walks into the first ever national radio station in a high school. And the idiot says, reminds him of a prison. So, you know, I'll never forget that because that's the day they quarantined us in a room for almost three hours because we weren't allowed to be in the hall where he walked. You couldn't make eye contact with him, by the way. Couldn't breathe his air. These were the actual instructions. So forever I said we don't play Kanye. That's, I guess, the first time we've ever played Kanye on the station. First time ever. Uh, Last time, of course. Sorry. He, um... I laugh at him. I think it's the funniest thing ever. And I know people that seriously think he's a genius. So I'm just going to leave that out there. I think it's hysterical that a man can behave in this manner and still excel at his profession. And he's not putting out good music, though. That's the thing. Like, I don't understand how he continues yeah, but it's tax to free. stay up there. And this is the gospel. Guy, this is the guy. <laughs> pff, come on. This is a guy that, like, he came up through the generation. So he actually survived the transition of hip-hop. Because the hip-hop that we're listening to now isn't the same hip-hop that we're listening to pre-Kanye. Or That's a good in, point. Early in Kanye's career. So he actually survived it. And the fact that he continues to have people that are listening to his music is pretty, it's pretty baffling. And his music is not good. Not good at music all. Music is not good anymore. And I'm sorry, CV, because you, you, yeah, you're my boy and all that, bro, but his music just isn't good anymore. After pretty much he started putting out the gold dick. You know when I stopped listening to, to, to Kanye, the whatever song that, that came out, that like it was just sound effects. I don't even know what the name of it is. Uh, runway, Runaway, whatever it was. It, it's just sound effects. And I was like, I, what, what is this? This isn't Kanye. The stuff that I put on earlier is Kanye. First couple CDs is good Kanye. That's good Kanye, maybe until Gold Digger. Or maybe Mercy, and that's it. After Mercy, that's After it. After Mercy was over. That was it. That was his last jam. So I just, I, I'm sorry. I, I, it, he turns me off. He makes my skin crawl. And then he's going to call out Kim. So for whatever it's worth, I don't think much of the lily flower myself. But you married her and gave her kids. That stuff comes with the package. Therefore, you're probably not supposed to go that route. Just thinking out loud. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. Unless he's just had it with her and he's done with it. Because Kanye doesn't necessarily need Kim. But Kanye also doesn't know how to do things right most of the time. He just does Kanye. He just does Kanye. And there's some people who respect them for that. I, I, I don't know idiot. how. Look, we, we've had a couple incidents that it's been very awkward, Kanye being Kanye. The whole t um, Taylor Swift thing. Yeah, the whole Taylor Swift thing and the MTV Music Video Awards that he came out. And then he started screaming out that MTV doesn't like black people. That's the reason why he hadn't gotten any awards. And he went on and on and on and on. And then there was the other thing during the Hurricane Katrina um, uh, fun thing that they were doing, that celebrity fundraiser that they were doing. And he's on there with Mike Myers, live TV, and he just straight out says George Bush doesn't like black people. 
was fantastic. Left Mike Myers, like, what do I do? Just beautiful. Mike Myers wished that he got sucked up by Hurricane Katrina at that moment. Yep. So the fact that he's going after his wife and his family, his wife's family, is a little awkward. That might just say, yo, he's just done. He doesn't care anymore. We're gonna talk some Firefest on the other side. My favorite documentary of all time. And the dude who made that thing just as delicious as it could possibly be. He's going to join us. And not, we're going to ask questions. We're going to invite you to call in 786-828-7068 because that's a crazy one. And I know that he's going to be willing to answer questions. He's, uh, we'll talk to Seth Crossnow on the other side. You're listening to Good Morning Amigos, Sirius XM 145. Y'all, we leaving right now. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. This is Dag Prescott, and you're listening to Slam Radio. Oh, I love sports. 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 You are listening to Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145. All right, we're back here on Good Morning Amigo. Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Our next guest. I don't know if he's in yet. I don't know if he's, he's already ready to go, huh? <laughs> I am such an awkward radio host. I can't help it, bro. William Needham Finlay IV is joining us here on Good Morning, Amigo. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? William, how are you? I'm, I'm doing, doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, my man. We, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we have introduced you all first hour, of course. Uh, we played that whole little joke of going with your, uh, with your, I guess, with your Twitter persona. And, brother, we talk about Firefest on this show often. And it, was, it, it tapered off, and then when the pandemic hit, it, it became a topic again. And, and obviously, the other night, I'm up watching this and it's I have a couple of my uh my daughter's friends over they're watching this show and and they're already 18 whatever and and as they're watching this they're laughing and and you come up on this and i'm like man i gotta get this guy on the show like this they get behind all of this and actually watch this and getting to talk to you and watching the other documentary really even opened my eyes some more um i think the first question that comes to mind frank has to agree with me on this is Gosh, I think Stevie and Alan Keller would have seen that this was fake like long before a lot of people realized and spent thousands of dollars to go to this festival and, and really buy into whatever it was that, that Billy McFarlane was selling. Yeah, buddy. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably should have been, um, you know, a little more aware of what was going on. But um, I don't know. In the moment, everything just seemed like, oh, it'll be okay. You know, it's not going to be as bad as it turned out to be. You know, we just had no idea that, that that's what we were showing up to. It was um, it was almost weird. I said the buildup, since I didn't know about it when I first saw it, uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't really heard about it. And obviously early in the documentary, you figure out that there's going to come a point where this is going to get bad. Um, there was a tension that built up just watching it. And that's what oh, yeah. that marveled me that, you know, I know some of you, you're, you're a smart dude, man. So, like, you figured out this is going to either go bad or it's going to go good. But either way, I'm here and let's see what happens. And you, for some reason, had the presence of mind to document some of this stuff. 
Yeah, it just, I mean, that was kind of the, the persona. I mean, I, you know, created this character as a joke back in like 2006 or seven to sort of make fun of my, you know, local hometown and old money and stuff like that. And it became a, a real job in 2016 or so. And I thought, well, I want to be an influencer now, kind of tongue in cheek. I'm not really going to be successful at this. I've got 4,000 Twitter followers or whatever. And my friend actually found out about the festival and said, we've got to go. He's a big music festival guy. And um, like, I don't know, man, it seems kind of like out of my league. This, I'm not an actual influencer. I mean, we legit thought we were going to be, you know, hanging out with The Rock and Taylor Swift and um, just having the best time of our lives. But uh, yeah, I mean, it just seemed like something I should document for the purpose of like kind of making a, kind of a parody of it. And um, because I was like me being there would have been, I'm a fish out of water. Like, what am I doing at this ridiculously nice, luxurious music festival? So going in, I knew like, I'm here to kind of make this like a work trip, quote unquote. And, um, you know, when they told us that they wouldn't have, um, electricity like they would have charging stations and it was a chance to unplug and get away i was like all right i'm just gonna bring a lot of extra batteries <laughs> my phone because i'm not you know sitting in line at the charging station so um but yeah it was wild and as you you saw people around you was there doubt from others going in or not even concerned but that like whatever the heck let's see what happens but this doesn't seem right like did you get that sense or were you kind of the only ones figuring this is strange um it, it just all kind of happened so quick like we were on the plane and you're waiting to take off and you know people are making a couple of jokes like oh what are we what are we heading down to and um but you know it didn't uh we had not seen anything that was just the, the craziness that you saw. So I don't think anybody really figured out it was, you know, it, it was a whole just sort of facade until, like, you know, we got down there and you're walking around for a couple hours and there's nothing going on. You know, there's nobody telling you, like, all right, we're getting ready for the first act or whatever. It's just, you know. I, I guess, the, yeah, it was just, it, it came off as a, to to say it eloquently in Pig Latin, an itchay O'Shea, um, it yeah. was it was really kind of crazy. So my next question is, did you feel as if the documentary, the one on Netflix, actually captured that frenzy? Or was it worse being there? Because, you know, you know something's always missed. But I got to be honest with you, I watched that. I was terrorized. I, I, when it started raining on the tents, I, I about, I, I couldn't stop laughing and at the same time figured, what a mess. And I, I just, I can only imagine being in that mess. Like, like, was the frenzy more than it seemed to come off in that documentary? I think the Netflix documentary captured it well. And a lot of, um, you know, to your point, like a lot of people didn't, didn't capture this. You know, there isn't a lot of footage out there. Um, a lot of people that went were influencers and it's interesting that like their, their take on it is the camera pointed at their face and saying, Oh my God, this is crazy. And she's like, Hey, turn, turn the camera around and, and document what's actually happening. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, they used a lot of my footage and I think that really kind of summed up what was going on, but it, it was, I mean, 
you could have gone on into a little bit more detail about like what was the kitchen situation like and what was the lug i mean there were all these little things that happened that you just can't fit into you know a, a, a documentary but um it was just you know a ridiculous experience Joining us, William Needham Finley the Fourth. Are we okay with going with your name? Or did you want me to just keep it the William Needham? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I think by now it's. Uh, I think it's Seth Crossnose. Seth Crossnose. Everybody Crosno. knows who you are, sort yeah. of. But I, yeah. I love the name. I am fascinated by the name. I go into my dignitary yeah. accent, and once in a while my Spanglish comes through there. I apologize for that. Um, Seth Crossnose joins us here, and you were really the catalyst to that first documentary, in my opinion. And I think some of the comic moments where we got to giggle at some of the craziness about it kind of surrounded it. There's something that happened before or after you would say on the docu. When did you you get back? Obviously, I'm sure you needed a couple of days to feel like you were clean and slept again and whatnot. But was it immediately you realized you had a gem on your hands with at least the information that you had and that what you had chronicled and documented? Um, it, it took a while. It was a, a weird story. A friend of mine, it, executive produced a documentary and he actually like debuted it here in Raleigh, um, the night before I left. And I went and, you know, I caught the end of it and I was like, Hey, this is great. I'm heading down to fire festival. Um, let's chat when we get back, um, have, you know, let's catch up or whatever. And we go to this thing, I get all this footage and I still think like, even though the tweets are going viral while I'm on the island. I think we get to Miami. It's Friday morning. This will be like a Friday news story. You know, by Monday, people probably won't even be talking about this. And I just did interviews all day long, Friday, Saturday, I mean, into the next week. And it just continued to, to go. And, you know, I'll just, I'll do anything. If people want to talk about it, I'll talk about it. I have no you know, problem at all. And so when people reach out, I'm sure I'll do an interview and, um, so I, I did have a lot of footage, and so I call my friend Burke up, and I say, hey, you know, you're in this documentary world. I've got, like, 20 minutes of footage. What, I mean, what do you even do with this? And he took it up to some people and uh, had some meetings, and then that kind of became the start of the thing that Vice was doing, and then they got Chris Smith, the director, attached on, and then it ended up moving over to the, to the Jerry Media um, people as producers, and so... Um, you know, I didn't think like, oh, this is going to be a huge hit. I just thought I've got some footage. I don't know anything about the backstory. I didn't at that time even know that Billy was like a criminal, you know? So I just thought, oh, this is, you know, Instagram meets, uh, Lord of the Flies. Um, (laughs) maybe, maybe there's, you know, something funny there, but I, you know, it's so complex. And, and like Chris Smith said in an interview once, um, that they could have done like an eight to 10 episode, Netflix series of this, but they ended up cutting it to a to a documentary. So there's so much more information. Um, so I didn't know that at the time. I just thought like, oh, it's called Bert. He's he's in this documentary world. He'll you know maybe have an idea of what to do with this. The 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 interesting part of all this is how Billy wanted to have himself documented as well in some of the stuff that that like maybe. he was doing, which is amazing because he's basically videotaping his crimes. I never could quite understand that. And what happened with me that I love saying the story, and I think I told you when we first spoke, was it didn't really hit me till later. And I said, wait a minute, how did we get that perspective? And that's why I became, oh, my God, this guy is hysterical. But but 
more importantly, you see the footage, but you see the stuff that he's talking into a camera. I go, dude, this guy caught his own crimes. This is this is unbelievable. And he came, yeah. he got out of jail and went back and did more of that. It, amazing to me. It, yeah. Is that narcissism? Is that just plain stupidity? Um, I think it's probably a, a little bit of both. Maybe, you know, throw in some overconfidence there. It's just like, it was mind-blowing to me that, um, you know, I, th- I think since, you know, he got charged with you know, the things he got charged with in, um, I guess, July or August of that year. And that was the first that I found, whoa, this guy is, you know, accused of defrauding investors for the Fire Media Company and then, you know, using that money on Fire Festival. And so he, you know, is out on bail or whatever. And I guess he just thought, like, I'm, I'm going to get out of this. Like, I didn't, you know, this will be fine. And that's when he continued and started the New York City VIP access thing. And when I got those emails in December, I just thought, maybe he sold the email list. Because I, I checked with my friends, I said, "Do you guys get this, you know, uh, thing with the masters or whatever?" And they were like, "Yeah, we just thought it was a scam, I guess." And those were the friends that had gone on the trip with me, and um, so I was like, "Yeah, they must have sold the email list." And uh, I'd become friends with some of the reporters who were working on it, and I said, uh, "Hey, I got these emails. You might want to take a look at them." And then they did some digging and figured out that it was, you know, related to Billy and. Um, so I didn't even know that he had been behind that. Like he himself apparently was emailing me directly because, you know, my character of this like sort of dumb um, kind of, you know, influencer replied and I, I replied in character and I was like, I'd love to go to the Masters. I'll take four tickets, please. And, and uh, I'm not going to pay for them because I'm an influencer and you know, I've got like 10,000 followers. And um I just kind of a joke. And then somebody later told me, like, no, that was Billy. You know, he was signing the emails as someone else, but Billy was emailing you. And I don't know if Billy was aware to put, like, two and two together because he was sending it to my Seth Crossnote Gmail. And um, so I don't think he put the two together. Or I have no idea if he knows what at that point it all was. I'd like to say definitely not brilliant, but at the same time, where I'm also amazed is how many people of high influence and high economic stature bought into his bullshit. I'm amazed by that. Unbelievable. And they talk, like, talked about yeah. him being this, this amazing businessman. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled by it. I'm, I'm, but at the same time, it's so delicious. We're mesmerized by the story. And there's more layers that unfold. You said something to me that was amazing. You said you felt like there was hours of stuff that could have been covered on this. You even in this conversation mentioned that. Of the whole thing that didn't get captured, what was the strangest story you remember that hasn't been captured or really talked about? Um, strangest. There's, there are a lot. Um, I think one that isn't, one that's not like this isn't too salacious, but I mean, because I've heard some things like I worked on the documentary, and there are things that like, yeah, I can't state as a fact, so I don't want to, you know, like, you know, there were sixty thousand dollars hidden in this blah blah blah. Like, there's stuff that I, I don't want to repeat if it's not correct. True. I don't understood. That. But completely understood. The absolute fact that happened was even after the New York City VIP access scam that happened in like December 2017. Around maybe March of 2018, I get an email that says, like, Firefest, 
shop. Like buy buy this Firefest merch. Um, come to this address at this time, and we're selling this. You know, once in a lifetime. And they and they phrased it like we found a sh- like a, a storage unit that that we want at auction that just happened to have fire merch in it and so uh we're we're gonna sell it and they had like models wearing it in the street they did a whole photo shoot and so i'm like what the what is this and i asked my friend morgan who also was supposed to go to fire festival she lives up in new york say, can you go to this and um i can't remember if she went around but some other reporters did go cover it and it was like a little pop-up shop selling all of the merch and it turns out a guy for dig did a great article like connecting the dots and he in his article laid out that a person who had been a member of magnesis which was billy's first or one of his earlier companies correct um was selling the merch i think for billy and they thought oh maybe we can make a couple thousand bucks here and that would have been if if that is accurate the uh it would have been a violation of billy's bankruptcy the terms of his bankruptcy pleading, um, because at that point he said, you know, I'm bank, like I declare bankruptcy and these are my assets and whatever, and, and you're not allowed to sell stuff while you're in, uh, you know, in that bankruptcy process. So that happened. That didn't even get included in the movie because I think it just was too late in the process. But um, I mean, I saw a first cut of uh, of the film, the Netflix one, and there were stories in there from people that that ended up uh, not. Um, wanted to be involved for whatever reason, and, and they would tell stories about his childhood where, um, you know, he would like he had some plan to rob a house, like as a joke, and uh, the the guy on the the movie, you know, allegedly, I don't know if this is true or not, but the guy I watched an interview, I watched him say, yeah, we were in high school, and Billy came up and said, uh, we should we should rob a house. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? Dear and God. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool? Like, we could just and, – and maybe that's just kids, like, saying dumb stuff in high school. But, like, just maybe it was a joke. I don't want to speak for, you know, this guy. But, like, the fact that this guy went on and, and told this interview on camera and then later, like, retracted it. So, you know, I'd give, like, a 50-50 chance of it being true. But uh, just that's the kind of mentality. I think that he had, it was just like, let's see what we can get away with. And, um, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll learn, but, but who knows? Seth Crosno joins us here on good morning. And we go, am I the only one that was not attracted to a steel credit card with a promise to get like, like to me, you know, any, any of those membership things, I'm going to get you 20% off on this, but you got to pay me the money up front. You got to pay me the discount up front. I never buy into that. You're never going to get me to believe in that. It goes against every value I have as far as what's supposed to be. I almost rather pay regular price than deal with that stuff. Um, am I the only one that like saw that and said, well, how ridiculous is that? No, I mean, I thought it was pretty ridiculous. Like it, that whole, I didn't even know about Magnesis when Fire Festival happened. Um, so that, that was a few years prior. I mean, it, they kind of overlapped, but I wasn't aware of it. I think that you know, the people that point out, like, Billy did tap into this kind of, you know, idea that millennials want somebody to, to tell them where where to go and what's cool and everything. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they had – I need to look through the records, but it's like – I want to say 
a few thousand subscribers that were willing to do that. And, um, you know, I've seen similar programs pop up, you know, over the years, but, um, their idea of it or Billy, what, what he would present is like, Oh, we're on track to have a hundred thousand members in New York. And it's like, how is your exclusive credit card club going to be exclusive if you have a hundred thousand people in it? You know, like, how do you have these exclusive parties with a hundred thousand members? It just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work like and that. And then the little so, the little room in Manhattan where everybody's supposed to congregate and use it. I'm like, what, what the hell is like? I'm like, are you serious? And he says it and, fast yeah. enough where people are actually just buying what he's saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. it's it's to me, it's it's a marvel that they got away that he was able to get away with that and move on. I the other thing that marvels me is the fact that is that the personality of and I say I know you're not like a music festival guy so to speak but would you think that that is a, an attitude that permeates like they're just ready to go no matter what or was it the terms of how this worked out because during the preparations for Firefest, i believe there was a, a guy who was outing them every day that there were supposedly insiders jumping on and, and letting the world know don't go to this thing this is a, an itchay o'shea and yet you know there it is i mean the the most delicious documentary of my lifetime. I, this is the f funniest, yes, yet most unfortunate thing I've ever seen. Uh, an hour and a half encapsulated uh, the funniest thing I've ever seen. But I feel bad for some of the people that actually believed they were going to this and weren't smart enough to put it on their credit card where they could dispute the charge. That's what I'm, I, it, some people laugh at it because they say the rich, you know, are getting mm -hmm. burned. Either way, I, maybe I'm just too much of a softy, guys. But I, I see this and I just nod my head and go, how in the world does this does this happen? And no one realized that. Did you see that? I guess it's fire fraud, I guess it's called, right? Yeah, the, did, the, did, the one, yeah. That was delicious in itself. Were you aware of that existence of that of that uh of that account prior to the festival? Oh, oh, the the actual fire fraud account. Um I think like the day I wanna say the day of or the day that we were flying down. I think I saw some tweets from it and it still didn't like, I seemed to really check out. I'm like, like, cause I thought it was a former employee that was just kind of like disgruntled because, of course. you know, they point out like, um, look, this part of the Island isn't really an Island and it's, it's on this section. And to us, like, I think somewhere along the way, I want to say in an email, they had said like, we're, this is where we're going to be. And, and so we knew that, like, we didn't actually expect from, from the get go, we were going to be on Pablo Escobar's Island. Like that wasn't a huge, you know, selling point. In fact, we had looked up that Island and, and thought there's not any infrastructure on that Island. They're going to be, you know, they have to build some stuff. And then when we found out that it had been, um, moved, I can't remember, but we, we thought, Oh, well, you know, great. I mean, it's, it's on an Island that has like, running water electricity like it's an actual real place um so you know to me like the, a few of those tweets that i saw didn't seem like that you know bad i guess if i had gone looked and seen the original stuff i mean i, I guess i went back and looked at it and there was a lot more there um but yeah that wasn't like a, a smoking gun at that point or anything or it wasn't like a red flag at that point i will say this um, this is the gift that keeps giving. Talking to Seth Crosno here on Good Morning Amigo about the Fire Festival, the festival that never was. Um, it's the gift that keeps giving. 
do you think there's other spinoffs? Because I saw the Hulu one, and the Hulu is different. It, it, there's a lot of footage. There's a lot of movie references. Yeah, I saw The Office tossed into that a lot. And then they poked fun at some of the supposed influencers, including yourself, so to speak. I thought that was interesting. That was my favorite part. That's yeah. the best part, right? Like, I was like, yeah, I made it, Mom. They're making fun of me. And then yeah. how did your friends react to all that? Were they upset? Um, no. A lot, amazingly, a lot of people don't know that that one exists. Um, and uh, But the people that did see it, they thought it, was, they thought it was funny. I mean, they know that my sense of humor is, like, self-deprecating and that – I laughed like I was sitting there with my mom and Mark, whose idea this was, and we were watching it on my phone, and um, and they they did that thing where the music fades out, like the other influencers don't know who I am, and I just laughed out loud because it's like they were trying to make fun of me, but I, like why would anyone know who I am? <laughs> you know, if I was actually famous, you know, I'd be like, oh man, that's kind of hits my ego, but I mean that's exactly kind of. Um, that's like the perfect joke for, you know, uh, influence, a quote unquote influencer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that documentary, I mean, it was, it was interesting. There could be a whole documentary about the, the kind of race to get a documentary out between, you know, the Netflix group and the Hulu group. And I was involved with both of them. I interviewed with both of them. And, um, so it was interesting to see the approach that uh, they took. So, you know, I, I don't want to put you against the wall to say anything you can't say, but obviously at the end of the documentary, it claims that uh, you won a lawsuit. Uh, you And I guess it's a clash action. I guess it wasn't just you. It was you and a group of people. And obviously you guys haven't seen the dime of the money. Uh, I know that that's a sensitive yeah, issue, but I, I, I think it's fair for everyone to know that that happened. And, and, you know, to your behalf, I hope you get paid on it. Like, honestly, it's not a... I think the experience, the documentation of it, everything that went along with, including the inconvenience of having to deal with all the stuff you dealt with um, on a class action suit. I'll let you explain if you can, but I wanted to give you credit for stepping up and doing the right thing. Um, I felt like that was just, um, how may I say this, Frank, you and I talked about it. I thought it was the right thing to do, whether he saw a dime or not, right? And I think he probably went in knowing that, and whoever went in, is it a class action? I don't want to assume, is it? Yeah, I'll, I'll explain. It's it's uh, complicated because on Monday, like the Friday that we got back, um, you know, all this stuff happened. But I had tweeted at Stacy Miller, my attorney, um, kind of jokingly, like, "I'm leaving Fire Festival. Um, you'll be hearing from Stacy Miller." And that was just sort of like an in-character thing. I didn't actually think, okay, like we're going to sue them um, because at that point, like we were still getting on the plane at like one in the morning, and that was before the whole sit on the plane, get off the plane, get back on, get off, wait in the airport. And, you know, just like, it was like midway through the, the whole ordeal. Um, and so I tweeted that out and Stacy calls me and I'm in the airport and um, she said, oh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm in the Bahamas. He's like, all right, let's talk when you get back. And, and you know, I explained everything to him and he was like, this is fraud, you know, and uh, you guys are out some money and there's some things that I think, it's like this is just not right and if you want we can file this lawsuit against you know all these parties and i thought this is i mean it's the right thing to do to try to you know hold these people accountable because um it turned out it was fraud you know on uh, a lot of different levels but the class action lawsuit was filed by the um, garagos mark garagos the celebrity attorney 
Uh, he filed that on like Sunday or Monday night, like a few days after the festival. Um, and we didn't have any part of that. It was a hundred million dollar class action lawsuit. Um, ours was, was not a hundred million dollar lawsuit. It, uh, you know, we wanted our, our, our money back. And then I didn't even know really what we were asking for. Stacy was doing the, the sort of legal, you know, all that stuff. And, um, the judge awarded, uh, you know, this $5 million judgment against Billy McFarlane. Um, and we, you know, are now in the process of, of trying to collect. We're obviously in line behind, um, the, you know, the government. I think he owes like $26 million to the government. Um, but, uh, you know, I always said, like, if we collect on that, um, you know, the, I would love to donate that or, or you know donate some of it to to charity or to the people that were that were impacted and that was kind of the goal um at the at the time um because none of the people had been paid back fortunately the uh the films and their you know the, the fact that they went viral pretty much on netflix um resulted in marianne the um, the person who was doing all the kind of catering and everything for them uh, she got a GoFundMe set up for her, and she was trying to get back like $123,000 that she'd never been paid. And the GoFundMe raised like $240,000, That's amazing. Or something like that. That's awesome. So that was like the, the, the silver lining in this is that she actually got uh, um, got paid back. And then there was a separate GoFundMe set up for some of the other people that worked uh, that were down in the Bahamas. And they, uh, I think they raised like Seventy or eighty thousand, but, but apparently Marianne took some of the extra money she got and, and gave them um, some of that. But you know they're still not made whole, you know. And then that doesn't include all of the like, you know, t-shirt vendors or other people, you know, in New York that were doing things, um, you know, because they thought there was a real festival. And so there are a lot of people that are still, you know, out because of this. And there's a bankruptcy trustee who's trying to track down all the money as we speak. I mean, a couple of weeks ago they settled with Kendall Jenner and, um, you know, that's a whole other story to look into. It's that, you know, these models were paid to do a job and they did the job. They went down and, um, you know, they did the video shoot. Kendall Jenner posted on Instagram about it. And, um, I guess there's some law in the bankruptcy world that says if you were paid and the money was, you know, obtained through fraud, you're, you have to pay that back. So, you know, people were, uh, were, I guess, surprised that like the, the models were taking the money, but I mean, I don't really blame them for, for doing their job. Um, and they, some of them have ended up settling with the bankruptcy trustee. I think Kendall Jenner got paid $275,000 and decided or agreed to pay back 90,000 of that. Um, so that's still an ongoing process um, to, to try to get that money back. And then the bankruptcy trustee will then try to pay back the the people that Billy defrauded, you know, the investors first probably, and then the, the people who have submitted claims in bankruptcy court. But that $100 million class action lawsuit is, I think, kind of dead in the water. I mean, they never, like, made the actual case. And it's actually kind of funny. Like, my tweets are in it, and it's, it's really not written well when Stacy looked at it. He said it might as well have been written in crayon. So, Ouch. Um, yeah, it did not. Uh, it didn't really um, 
work and, and you can read it and, and I've read through all this stuff. It's kind of um, like fascinating to see what, what they're saying. And then, you know, Grant Margolin, the marketing guy, he'll, he would respond, he was defending himself. And so it was just funny to kind of read all this and see the back and forth that was going on in court. And um, yeah, that, that case I think is now part of the bankruptcy trustee um, proceedings, but that hundred million dollars class action, I would not uh, expect that to, to be successful. Yeah. That's, that's somewhat unfortunate, but I think there's a principal matter there that I think you, uh, that's why I applaud your your efforts on that on that level. On the other thing, that the one I think we one thing we haven't really touched on. I you is there? We, we talk about that. There's a lot of levels to this story. Um, at some point, Billy's going to get out of jail. Am I correct? Is he still in jail? Yeah, he'll be out. Uh, he got sentenced for six years, and now I think he started serving in. Um, October of 2019, 2018, story to this but not very believable but i don't know that's the only thing i could see him doing if not he's are these people who used to back him once upon a time going to be there for him when he gets out I, I seriously doubt that yeah it's interesting because i mean he does have some sort of ability to convince people to do things for him and um andy king the um you know the famous uh evian um guy uh had said recently, I saw on Instagram Live that he would not, you know, work with Billy again. Um, but, you know, Billy has been running a few different things while he is in prison. Um, there was an Instagram account where he was posting uh, or having people on the outside post for him. And there were these kind of like cryptic, um, you know, uh, posts about like, I can't remember what it was, but... Um, it was clear that he wanted to continue telling his story or his side. And then um, when COVID happened, he started a nonprofit called Project 315. And that was to raise money so that um, inmates could talk to their loved ones, um, I guess, for free. I guess a phone call in prison is like $3.15. And so they thought, well, if people can donate to this fund, we will get the money to the prisoners and we will help people because right now, um, you know, people are so impacted by COVID-19, they can't afford a phone call to talk to their loved ones in prison. And, you know, it seems like a charitable, good idea, but, um, you know, and Billy had made an apology and everything, but it's like, I just wouldn't trust anything that he comes up with ever. So, um, I'm not sure what happened with that. I think they said they raised some money and there were some screenshots. There was a whole Instagram account and everything, but he'll definitely do something. Like when he's out, it's, you know, I would not be surprised to see a reality show or something like that where, where people are watching. I mean, OJ Simpson got a reality show, I think after, you know, his trial. So before he went to prison. 
Seth, man, I appreciate your time on the show. Um, it, it, it's a cool peel back behind the curtain on this story. Um, I also believe that there's more to it. Like, I think that at some point someone's going to tell another version of it. Uh, it will get worn out at some point, but you still go around and I'll, I'll ask 10 people and they have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's why I think there's still more room to grow with this because there's so many levels to it that are hysterical. Like, I could see someone taking an incredibly satirical and comedic view on it and doing it. And it being just like a total roast for 30 minutes or an hour. So it's like a pseudo-documentary with comedic uh, overtones. And uh, uh, I don't know. Just just my thought process on that. Because I think it's it, it's hysterical, regrettable, and delicious all at once. And you, that, that's hard to get those three ingredients in anything nowadays on TV. Or, uh, or for that matter, like on Netflix or Hulu. So... I want to thank you for coming on. I'm sure you just kind of lives with you almost every day. I'm sure people talk to you about it all the time. So I appreciate you taking so much time to talk about it. We're the we're the ones that talk about it all the time here. We're fascinated with it, and we tell everybody about it. So we'll continue to point them towards these documentaries as well. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the goal. I, I said I would start a podcast, and, and I've got the, the website and the social and all that set up, but I haven't actually put anything out yet. But uh, my idea when I got home was, Oh, let's start a podcast. We'll call it Dumpster Fire Podcast, and we'll just tell the stories of the people that went. Like, why'd you go? And you know, it'll be a couple episodes, and it'll just be funny. Like, I'm the idiot that went to Fire Festival, um, and that was before we knew about all the crimes and 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 all that. And so now it's like I, I kind of want to cover all of these things, like the New York City VIP access, selling you know tickets to the Met Gala, and all all these. Crazy That's the funniest one. Cover. The ticket to the Met Gala to me is hysterical. Yeah, you can't even get those. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And then the more you dig and the more you read through, it's like there's stuff from the Magnesis days that wasn't covered. Like he tried to start basically Uber for planes. Like he, you know, he was like, "Oh, want to take a want to take a flight up to the Hamptons? You know, just get your Magnesis card." And it's like you don't have planes. Like what are you talking about? Um, so there's so many little side stories, and that's kind of I wanted to sort of capture all of that. And um, the the podcast is still in the works. Um, I'd love to get that out. Um, and I always say soon, but here we are in like 2020, and I can't believe that there's still things going on. You know, so we count down till we get to a little bit more normalcy. You know, we're here for you. We will promote it. I know that you know yeah. we, we talked about how you were planning on doing that, and I know. That, you know, we will help you any way we can because I like getting the truth out. So, you know, even if we've got to poke fun at something and do five minutes once a week, giving us an opportunity to point people towards your podcast and at the same time a funny tidbit or something hysterical to say about uh, the experience. Whatever. I, I'm all in for it, man. But, you know, you have our support. Be great. Thank you so much. All right, Seth Crosno, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Thanks so much. On Thanks the other side, guys, we uh, we will continue doing what we do best. Remember, 10 o'clock hour, we'll have Walter Villa talk about front page 305. Uh, when we come back from break, more of what we do right here on Good Morning Amigos, Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. Stelio Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, putting it down right now with the legendary, the one, the only, it's official, Slam Radio. If you think it's a game, play with it. Dolly. Go! We're taking off. Welcome aboard. Now, back to what's-his-face. 
You are listening to Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145. Final hour. Final hour of the program here. Good morning, amigo. Sirius XM, channel 145, Slam Radio. Following Good Morning Amigo, be the youth back live. We've been on hiatus for a week. I believe today will be Nicole and her friends. Um, And then at noon, Alados Adia, front page 305. Three cats, 85 years of experience in journalism and media, and um, highly entertaining show, uh, and that will be on at noon. I think you guys will enjoy that very, very much. Um, I, did you watch the game without the fans in the stands in baseball, Frank? Um, I got a glimpse of it. You mean like the, the, the artificial MLB, the show noise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit of a joke. Isn't it tough? It's tough. I, I, I can care less about the, no, about the crowd noise, to be honest. I mean, I know what it would sound like if there was a crowd. I don't need an artificial crowd to be pumped into the well, How about the empty stands? It, it, it is what it is. I mean... Nah, you're going to accept it, aren't you? You have to. What else are you going to do? You're not At least you get some it. sort of an aspect of the game. You don't find it to be less watchable because? No. Really? No, why? I never knew fans made the game. When you go to Tamiami Parking, you watch two random teams play against each other, and you don't care who who the players are on the team. You just want to watch baseball. Do you care how many people are around you watching the game? Because I'll give the same if it's one person or thirteen people sitting around me. I guess I understand where you're coming from with this. Here's my only point of view. It doesn't feel like a baseball game. You can tell me whatever you want. You can give me an excuse. Finally, we have baseball. It, it, a game that's already becoming distant to its fans, and its only savior is its watchability on TV, in my personal opinion, is suffering because of it. You may not think so, but the empty stands are, it's a tough watch. If you say so, I mean, I'm sure it is. I have a feeling you haven't sat to watch it. That's why. I have. I have. And you're good with that. I'm fine with it. What else are you going to do about it? Like, listen, this is just a taste. This is a glimpse of it all. Because just at the end of this week, we're going to have to be dealing with basketball with no fans. And that's going to kind of be more cringy because there's eight courts in one, in one, within one convention room. Yeah, but they're not playing all at the same time. You're not going to hear squeaks in other courts, are you? It doesn't matter. They're, at the end of the day, it's the same aspect of there's no fans there. And when you get those shots of court, you're going to see other courts behind them. How much more weird is that going to look? At least these, these, these players are playing in ballparks. The ones that are, uh, it's going to be tough for the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays haven't been given consent by the government to play in Canada. No, they were denied, actually, and they're looking for an alternate home, which apparently the Pirates are stepping up. There's seven, seven games that overlap, so I guess they just have to kind of figure it out. Um, they're still making a decision whether or not they're going to play in their spring training facility. Um, I, think I think you take the seven games I'm doing in Florida and... And you just go from there. And then the rest of the games, you you know, you share the PNC experience. 
It's nobody's fault, you know, but it is what it is. That's one of those it is what it is. is. I just don't feel, I, I don't know. So, fourth inning, 2-1 ball game, I think it was. It may have been the fifth. I go to the office and watch it. I was like, I'm not entertained by this. I wanna, I'm praying that it's because it's a game that doesn't count. The problem is, is when the games that count don't have fans in the, sand, in the stands, mm -hmm. it's going to feel like a game that doesn't count again. <clears throat> they were playing in Yankee Stadium, and I didn't get the feel. <sighs> it didn't feel like Yankee Stadium? Or it, did no, it, it didn't feel like, like a ball game. It just felt like practice. I mean, we've been watching the Korean Baseball League. That hasn't been a problem for people. I mean, You've been, been watching the Korean Baseball League. I went to my dad's house this weekend, <clears> and even him, he went to go turn on ESPN. He's like, been watching ESPN? I'm like, I haven't turned on ESPN in three months. So he goes, the first thing he goes, and he looks for the Korean Baseball League. I'm like, you've been watching this? And he goes, yeah, man, I've been good baseball. I'm like, the, the fans and nothing doesn't bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. The fans are going to, the, the baseball stadiums are actually going to be putting in cardboard fans in these ballparks. Have you heard this? There's I heard teams it. that are actually selling cardboard locations for fans to put their cardboard cutout on seats. So that's how they're going to make it look like if there's fans. And then with the base, with the with the the show noise, they're trying to give it as much of a feel of an actual game than it is. But this is what we have, man. It's either this or nothing. You rather have nothing than what, what we're going to get, because at least we're going to have baseball. Didn't you want baseball? Baseball, baseball, baseball. Only sixty. At least it's sixty games of baseball. Hey, it's either this, bro, we don't have to have anything at all. I mean, according to the Million rules, right? What are you saying? Just uh, you want sports, so they give you sports, but you now it's not enough for you because now there's no fans, so you can't feel the same about it. Do you want the sports or not? Like I said before, I never knew that fans had anything to do with how much you watch something or not. It. I didn't think it played a bigger role until I started watching it without fans. And the attempt to be subtle with ambience, ambient noise, which pissed me off, too. I don't know, man. It bothered me. I was okay with it, I'm telling you. I was not been okay with that. What's so okay with that? You're used to for your whole life, even if it's a Marlins game, seeing people in the stands. <clears throat> I don't know what you want, Larry. A whistle would have been nice. That was pretty funny. I guess it. W I guess it wasn't worthy of it. I'm sorry. I'm upset with you. Upset with me? Yeah, man, because you've been complaining for four months that we have no sports, that we have no sports. This is supposed to be the happiest week that we've had since March 12th. I want basketball. You'll get it next week. That's awesome. Days. That's awesome. They're Basketball's no awesome. There too. So what are you going to be complaining about? Look, all right, you know what? Let's mark the spot right now. Awesome. Yeah, I want basketball. I want basketball. Until they dribble a damn basketball in two days or tomorrow when they start having their exhibition games and you get a reality check at that there's no fans at these games either. And then you're going to throw, oh, but there's no fans. It doesn't mean the same. It feels like I'm watching practice. It's a tough watch, bro. I can't win with you, man. I baseball don't know was horrible. I can't win anymore. Horrible. How excited I am about baseball. I got my hat on. Not disclosing what team I have on, but I got my hat on. <laughs> I can't do it, bro. That's a whistle-worthy moment. Yeah, I can't do it.
I'm not feeling it right now. No. It's not working for me. I'm done. It's not working for me, man. I'm done. Huh? I'm done. What is that? And then? Uh, I'm done. Oh, gosh. I don't understand any of that stuff. And then... What is that? <laughs> I have so many little jokes set up for you that you don't even well, know. But a joke has to be funny for it to be a joke. You never what? saw Dude, Where's My Car? No. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to show you a funny scene. Oh, I've seen that scene about the end then. No, and I then. I wasn't that funny. What? No. Oh, man. You, bro, go back to Naples, bro. Who the hell are you? Go back to Naples. That wasn't funny. That scene was terrible. That scene was phenomenal. Horrible. Terrible. It's brutal. You have a skewed sense of humor, you know. I have an amazing sense of humor. Really? That that stuff's funny? You think I like Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Phenomenal comedy. You know what I finally got around to? The Modern Family finale. Took me about three months. Actually... It was February that it aired because they kept on showing commercials February. It kept on showing all these pre-COVID commercials. It felt good. Oh, yes. I forgot COVID existed. Ah, uh, yes. A world without COVID. I is our boy Walter Villa going to call? Um, I guess sent out the bat signal. I did already. I can call him if you need me to. Yeah, why don't you do that? <laughs> we'll go to break. On the other side, we'll get him on. It's an early break. We'll get on Walter Villa. We can talk a little bit about front page 305. The newest radio show coming on, debuting today at noon, right here on Slam Radio. On the other side, we'll talk to Walter Villa. Good morning, amigos. Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Y'all, we leaving right now. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. I get it. Your desk has been there for you. Holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigos. Can you imagine it's like a congregation of big dogs? You have a Great Dane. You have a couple of pit bulls off to the side. You have some very, very big German shepherds. You know, just the bigger type of dogs. And they're hanging out talking, slobbering over each other, doing what, what big dogs do. And a little chihuahua comes running through, barking at all of them. And the big dogs just look at each other, look down at the chihuahua, and they look at each other again like, is this dog for real? The chihuahua is UCF. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to noon, only on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145. 
My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell him? You tell him, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs, in order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Yo, yo, this is Rashad Jennings. You listen to Slam Radio. Oh, I love sports. 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 You are listening to Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145. We are waiting on uh, Walter Villa. Maybe I go to the. Uh, maybe I gotta go to emergency start here. I can go ahead and call him if you need me. Well, I mean, we can call him. I mean, I, I guess we can try to do that. You have his number, right? Give him a buzz. Let's uh, let's try to get him on. I thought he was ready for this. Oh well, stuff occurs. 11 o'clock, like I said, we'll have the youth. Slam Radio, Sirius XM from 11 to 12. And then uh, front page 305, debuting today at noon. Pretty outstanding. Uh, So you're all pissed off at me because I'm not so damn excited about a season without fans. I'll take it over not having anything. I agree with you there. My only issue, Frank, is that it doesn't, it, well, it just not doesn't feel the same. Why is that so difficult to see? Like, it's just not, it doesn't feel the same. 
Yeah, something must have come up with Walter. You think? Yeah, can't get a hold of him. Okay. Oh, well. It's possible. It is. So, anyways, yeah, I, I don't understand why you're so upset, bro. Like, I, there's no pleading you. This is what we got, man. Just It is what it is. Look, for once, there's no fans. This is like something in the history books. This is something that you're going to be telling your grandchildren about. Oh, there was one time that there was no fans allowed because we had this pandemic and we had to do what we had to do. And we and it was crazy. You couldn't even go to restaurants and eat. Uh, restaurants were setting up tents and handicapped spots in the parking lot and setting up bars and stuff in order to keep business going. It was the most ridiculous thing we've ever seen in our entire lives. And yeah, sports, they set up like 15 basketball courts all in one convention center. And all these teams played and they were all invited and they were all kept in captivity in this bubble. And they weren't allowed to associate with the outside. And they were, and they were just living in their own little city within a city in Orlando it was crazy this is something that we've never dealt before Larry mm -hmm. just something we've never lived with before gotcha just kind of take it in like if it's history something that you're watching that's groundbreaking that you're never gonna see or ever probably speak about again live it learn it no, give me it. this garbage to live it learn love it. get off stop why stop it's, Why it's, you gotta be the old not, man? No, Why do you gotta be the old man pointing your finger at the rest of society when we're just trying to progress with life? This is what we need. We need the normality of sports to come back so we can kind of have some sense of a disconnect from everything that's happening. What the happening hell's normal about a baseball game with no fans? At least there's a baseball game happening. Bro, for all that matters, you can set this baseball game up at Tamiami Park. Set it up at Tamiami Park, one of those dirt fields. I don't care. Yeah, it's still going to be a game that I'm going to want to watch because there's still pros playing ball. It's my team. It's, I want to watch the Cubs. The Cubs lost yesterday 5-3. They lost. They, 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 those Sox ended up scoring five runs in the first inning. I'm optimistic about it because after the first inning, the Sox weren't able to do diddly squat against the Cubbies. Still lost, but it's an exhibition game. But I'm still motivated. I'm still looking forward to it because it's sports. Amigo, what's wrong with you? I've lost you. I don't even know you anymore. Probably because this isn't sports. This it's is sports. Sports doesn't consist grab. of having to have fans sitting outside Garbage. watching. What are you talking about? The mere essence of sports is about fans. It's about enjoying a game that's Hold on played. a second. Hold on a second. I, I got a radio show 15 plus years ago because I was the super fan, dude. So you think I'm okay with any sort of sporting event without fans? You still watch it at home. Nothing changes. It's not like you're going to be attending all these games in person. You can't be there anyways. You're going to do. You're going to be doing the same exact thing that you would be doing on a normal Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evening, and is watching the game being played. You don't come here and start dissecting what fans were wearing in the stands. You happen to talk about what plays are happening on the court, in between the lines. The only time that we talk about a fan is if when a fan crosses the line and says or does something that they're not supposed to do because they're supposed to mind their business and stay out of the game. So if we're always saying that the fans have to stay out of the game, why are you making such a big deal now that the fans need to be part of the game for it to be a game? Because it looks better and feels better, and I realize that now that I saw it without fans... So when I didn't, had never seen it before because it's so unprecedented, I was like, anything. Give me anything. I got anything, and I like the other stuff better. Go to Marlins games, right? That's not funny anymore. No, no, hold on, no, 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 no. You go to Marlins games, right? Yes. 
you sit and you watch the game, right? Correct. That has never been an issue for you fan-wise. And you still do the same thing at a Marlins game than you would do any other time. I'm not making fun of them. I said the joke. If you know what I'm talking about, you know you know. But I'm not, it's not a joke. I'm not making it as a joke. The statement is there that there's not many fans there, but you still go and you enjoy the, the game. So how can you speak one rhetoric and say, oh, the fans stay your lane and get out of the game because that's not your place. But then on the other side of your mouth, you're speaking the rhetoric of. Because the fans make the game, Frank. You're going to see, bro. You're going to see. I'm not even going to argue with you about this. You're going to notice the difference. It doesn't feel the same. What I'm going to notice, what I'm going to notice is I want to. It's so different this time around. What what I'm going to notice is I want to see how much hot dog crazy, over-the-top antics we're going to be seeing from certain players that make a certain shot, and then they do all the all the, the cinematography for the fans. All that's just for the fans. I want to see those players do the same exact thing because I want to see if it was about the fans or not. That's not what it's about. I just I like to hear the roar. You're going to be hearing better than the roar. You're going to be hearing them talk on the court, which is something that we don't necessarily get a, a, a glimpse of all the time. Yeah, sometimes there's there's microphones and stuff like that on the court, and you kind of get an idea of what they're talking about. But it's not necessarily easy to make out, especially on one of those high-end drama where everyone's screaming situations. I want to see what they're talking about to each other, and we're gonna get an we're gonna get an opportunity to see that. How much how censored are they gonna be able to do it? We'll see. But I want to get that. I want to see that. That's the fun. That was the fun part about watching MLS with no fans on there. I've I've sold into the fact I'm not even a soccer fan, and I've and I've bought in. I've bought in. Why? Because you can hear the the, the players talking to each other. So you watch soccer because they're they, they, you can hear them talking to each I'm other. I'm getting a different aspect of it. I'm hearing the strategy part of the game instead of just the fans just screaming and and chanting and making noise, just r- random noise. I like random noise better. It sounds better. Sounds much better, actually. Come on, man. That's what sports is about. I'm the guy that goes out there and heckles Brandon Nemo. You hear what he said about going playing in Marlins Park? That guy's an idiot. That guy's an idiot. Not lying. What do you mean he's not lying? Not lying. I, 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 uh, how is that not lying? You, you don't think he heard me screaming at him? It took one fan to scream at the top of their lungs for him to hear one person. Yeah, well, wasn't that quiet. Just saying. Yeah, man, the fan experience it makes watching that game different, man. It makes you feel like you're missing out on something because you're not there. But what by Donna, bro? Like it's not, I, I, I've watched it. It's not the same. I'm surprised that you're so bought into it like that. Tell me, you're accepting of the fact that it's not the same. It's not the same. Okay, so then why are you like fighting it's me different on this? Because it's different. Because we've never, we've never seen this before. We've never had, uh, we've never, ne- never in history has there been a situation that no fans were allowed into games, that they're going to continue playing seasons even without the fans in there. Never has this been done. So why don't you just buy into it for once and just deal with what we have? This isn't going to be forever and ever. Nobody's telling you, hey, Larry, this is the way sports is going to be watched now for, uh, until the end of time. Nobody's said that. This is right now. It's a pandemic. Everything's very different right now. We have to adapt to what's being to the cards that were de- that were dealt. So this is the what this is the hand that we're dealt right now, and we just kind of have to just go with it. Just take it in, 
Take it in as a memory. Take it in as a part of history. You're, you're living something for once that's going to be written in history books. And kids for, in generations to come are going to be learning about this. I get it. This is probably the second time that we've lived something that's going to be written in a history book through our lifetime at least. Maybe four for you because <coughs> you're that much older. But at the end of the day, it's something different. It's something new. So just deal with what they're dealing with. All the players have to buy into it. If the players are okay with it, you as a fan should be fine with it. But you surprised me today. I never realized that fans were that important to you. It's um, Of course they are. They're super important to the whole grand scheme of things. And Jeter spent the entire time thanking his fans. Thanking his fans. That's what these guys, at the end of the adulation is why they do it. And, and, and the way, the frenzied level of adulation that exists in a true fan. They wear the stuff and everything. I don't know, man. I'm, I, I, I'm just going to agree to disagree with you on this. Um, weren't able to get Walter Villa. Tried to reach out to him. Not sure what's going on. I know he does a lot of stuff, so he could be caught up late. Ooh, sorry about that. Caught up late in a in an interview. But uh, in his place, we have one of his partners, Manny Navarro, joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. He's one of the three parts that makes front page 305 the debuts today at noon right here on Slam Radio. What's going on, Manny? What's up, Larry? Everything good? All is well, my friend. Are you excited about your debut? I am, man. I'm pumped. It's uh, excited. It's a very exciting day for the Navarros, the Fernandezes, and uh, and the Villas. Although I'll say nobody might be more excited than Walter Villa because I think in his, in his mind he is the future Howard Stern. He feels and, that way. Uh, he really does. He, yes, he, he does. And so this is like he's ready to take on a new a new field, and he's he's he's, he's jacked. He's wearing a sleeveless shirt uh, yesterday on the Zoom meeting that we had. What were the like, arms shaved? Were the arms the shaved, arm, or was it, was the, it the hairy look? No, it was the hairy look. So it he let that ride. Out. Yeah, he let that ride. He was good with that. <laughs> he hasn't discovered Nair for men. I bet you tell him Nair for men. He goes, they make that for men? I guarantee you, you never know. <laughs> he does have no clue about any of that stuff, man. But you know what? It's good to have a senior citizen on the show with us and, uh, you know, around to, to joke and talk sports. And yeah, so, but hold uh, on. I'm a senior talk. citizen, too, but I'm a little more metro than he is. Like, I shave my arms. I <laughs> Near my back, if I'm going to be without a shirt, if I have to subject you to the madness, at least I'm going to avoid the whole thing in the back. The front is like, look, dude, I got here. My, I, what, I can't help you there. But the back, I'm not looking like, uh, no, I'm not looking like Great Ape. I'm sorry. That's just me. Um, so you guys bring a lot of flavor, but your relationship with Walter is interesting because he was once upon a time your editor. Is that right? That is correct. Way back uh, in the early part of the 2000s when I became the high school uh, writer for the Miami Herald covering Miami-Dade County, Walter uh, was the guy who would sit next to me uh, with his legs kicked up on the desk reading the paper and, and editing and doing all kinds of stuff. And he said, Navarro, you know, you you want to write a story for me. So that's how it all started. How long was he in that role? Did he officially oversee me when I wrote high school sports? I don't remember. No. I always remember either BBS and then George and and then uh, yeah. Alex. But I, I never, I mean, I, I knew who Walter was, but I didn't remember him being in that role. I, that was why I was yeah. like, wow, I, I must have just missed him. Yeah, the first, uh, I want to say, three or four years that I was the high school guy, he was my editor. So he had about three or four years, and then he moved on. And went to Pittsburgh for a couple of years and then came back. 
to South Florida, and now he, he's a writer. So, um, yeah, but yeah, he was he was there in Treasure High School for probably about three, three and a half years, and that's when Andre Fernandez got his start uh, with, with Walter as well, uh, being my wingman on the high schools. And there's a diversity, even though you guys are three Cuban dudes, is the fact that the age difference for starters. And then you're a little more, correct me if I'm wrong, Frank, right? Manny's a little more of a personality. Andre's reserved and laid back, but will come in with well-timed zingers and deplete mm -hmm. you. Like, when you least expect it and you think Andre's almost not there, he comes in with a dagger to the heart, J.R. Smith slash Dion Waiters type three. Where sometimes he chucks it and it's an air ball, and other times it's just a delicious three. I, I, that's the sense I got from hearing you guys. It's just that that's what Andre brings to the table. Uh, Walter's desire to be the next Howard Stern is interesting, but he's actually quite funny. When did you guys discover right. he had a sense of humor? Well, when he laughs at everything and, and, he's, and he takes shots at us. I mean, that's kind of the, the relationship we built from day one where, you know, he was criticizing me for things and in a playful, funny way, you know, I mean, just like boys would. And, and it was like, it, it never really was that, you know, stuffy editor-writer relationship. It was always, you know, him, him rising me about something that I said and, and me going right back at him. So it's, it's always been, that's, that's his thing, man. Like he, uh, Walter's very down to earth. He may be, you know, in his uh, early 60s and, and, and a veteran of the game, but he, he feels like a young guy at heart and he, he's going to come right at you. So that's, that's what makes him, Walter, you know? And this was a brainchild you guys had many years ago because you figured you could pull it off, but your careers didn't give you the opportunity to do so. Um, how happy are you to work with him? I mean, he's probably a mentor to you at some on some level. Uh, how happy yeah. are you to work with him at this and see him? Because he seems reinvigorated as well. Um, mm -hmm. uh, just how happy are you to work with him in, at this capacity and get this off the ground? Well, we've we've talked about it for years about figuring out something that we could do together again. Um, you know, ESPN uh, many years back kicked around the idea of hiring us to to run their University of Miami Hurricanes coverage. Back when ESPN used to hire people to <laughs> to run like local pages, right? Remember that that Heat Miami Heat page on, yes. on ESPN? You know, the Heat Index. Well, they thought about doing one with the Hurricanes, and then never got around to it. So. Uh, that was going to be our brainchild, and then all of a sudden uh, that that fell apart. And then, you know, I went to go work for the Athletic, and we talked about bringing him over there, and it, it just it didn't happen. And so, he's always talked about, hey, we we should do a podcast, we should do a radio show. He wanted me to get on the radio for the longest, and I was doing some some freelance work every now and then for some of the local stations here, and I would co-host, but I didn't have my own show. So I said, well, let's just let's just start our own podcast. And like Andre, you know keep him busy now now that he's kind of uh, out of the writing game for a little while i said we can we can uh reel him back in and the three of us just do our thing man like when we go to eat pizza casolas you know down uh, near the uh, the <laughs> uh down the know, street from here yes <laughs> right just just use our uh put our powers together of experience and tell some stories and you know, I know it's a different approach, man, because down here, a lot of the radio guys, and no disrespect to any of them, because I, I like a lot of the radio personalities down here, uh, Larry, but those guys aren't in the locker rooms like we are. They, they haven't been, uh, you know, in, in uh, traveled with the Heat or traveled with the Marlins or traveled with the Dolphins or any of the things that we've done. It's a different experience when you go on the road and experience it. So I feel like, you know, that's the one unique thing that we can bring that's different from what's out there already. It's you're hearing it from the guys that were in the locker room that have covered teams and have been there for a lot of funny moments. A lot of the stuff we've encountered 
we never talked about it. It's just between us. So it's like, let's share some of these, you know, behind Las Cortinas type stories. Which oh, they're funny. And, and share sort of, sort of those moments. And so, um, you know, I hope, I hope the audience enjoys it. I hope they care. <laughs> you know, I hope people say, Hey, you know what? These guys are different. We're going to tune in for the, for their voices. And, and I hope we can do a good job sharing stories and our, and our takes. You know, the one thing that's, that's so funny throughout my career to me, the, the show I did with most promise, obviously Dos Amigos was hysterical, but we were two radio rookies. The one that I felt I did with most potential promise were the first couple of years of Armando and the Amigo. Um, there's no mm-hmm. doubt that uh, Salguero, Armando Salguero, seasoned journalist, you worked with him at the Miami Herald, uh, he has that kind of Miami humor. You guys remind me a little bit of what we used to do, only it's three of you on that same page and I know that one of the biggest challenges was I always felt there was a value of having you or Andre join us on the show because, well, I was used to doing that because I wasn't in the locker room, like you just said. Armando, I'm in the locker room. Well, the guy who covers the heat, you're not in that locker room. And that was always a back and forth because I feel like there's such a value to the guy who can give you the perspective from the inside. Not so much the ex-player. The guy who covers it on a day-to-day basis. The guy on the beat. Uh, you guys are going to give a perspective that doesn't include the guy on the beat because you guys have been the guys on the beat. So I ask you, uh, is it going to rely more on your creativity or will you have segments and interviews with people? I know that uh, there's a Placido Polanco interview we can expect to hear today a little bit later. And, yeah. and, and you know, uh, can we expect a little bit of that in every one of your shows? And if so, is it going to be the perspective from an athlete Opposed to just another uh, another uh, seasoned journalist or seasoned veteran in the in the world of media. Yeah, I mean we, we we've done a lot of interviews so far on the podcast, and and you know, people can definitely hear us on serious uh, as you mentioned here on, on Slam. But I think you know if they want more of the stuff we've already done in the past month uh, for for the podcast, we've done a ton of interviews. I mean, I talked to Tim Hardaway um, about the NBA returning and. Uh, his son and, and what he's seen out of him and, and his career and, and the great Heat Nick series. I mean, these are long interviews. They don't, most radio interviews, you know, you kind of squeeze into 10, 15-minute segments, right? And there's only so much you can ask. These interviews that we have, if they're more half an hour, 45 minutes, where we get into everything, um, it's more of a journalistic standpoint, more of a storyteller standpoint. And so I, I have my interview with Hardaway. We have uh, Walter talked to uh, Leonard Hamilton about his days at the University of Miami and, you know, uh, what he's accomplished in his career and the whole, you know, as sort of bringing up to date with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you know, we've got a journalist on, Joseph Goodman, who worked with me at the Miami Herald. He covered the big three with the Heat uh, all four years when LeBron was here. He was there every step of the way. He covered Tim Tebow when Florida won, a national cha- won those two national championships. So we, we cover a ton of stuff that, you know, if you're a, a deep-rooted sports fan and you're interested in, in conversation and the guys who were there and the people who were there, that's what we want to bring you on the show. I mean, everybody has a different flavor. Sometimes people just want the news. I, I feel like our job as storytellers is to tell stories and, and to give different perspectives. And I think reporters, like you said, Larry, I think they can really offer something that is different because, when you hear the players talk and you hear the coaches talk, they're conscious of what they're saying. They know that they can't too much because they don't want to burn anybody, right? They don't want to piss anybody off. The journalists, we're there as casual observers. We're supposed to be the neutral party. So we can tell you the truth. We can tell you the full truth of, of what we saw and what we experienced. And so I think 
And well, like a typical Cuban on Cuban time, your partner has patched in with us here, Walter Villa. I wanted to say yes. good morning to him, but I'm about to say good afternoon since he's a little late to the party, Manny. But but you can go ahead and intro the late guy. In here. And we were just talking ill of you, Walter, if you didn't hear us. That's probably Wait why your ears were ringing. Wait a second. Here I have some family responsibilities <laughs> here bringing some cafe con leche and tostada for my beloved mother. I know, that's different. And, no, no, uh, that takes precedent. That, right? I, it's, a, it's a good excuse. No, and, it's perfect. And, it's, it's legit. It's an excused excuse. You, It's not an unexcused right. tardy. It's absolutely it's excused. And, and also, I'm making my first radio appearance with a mask on. Very oh, gosh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if, 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 it, if it does not come in bad enough at all, there's no microphone. You do sound a little muffled, a but uh, it's anything's an improvement from normally what we hear from you. I'm just throwing out <laughs> the humor that supposedly we're going to hear today at noon on front page 305. And it, uh, Wait dude, a second. No? Supposedly, supposedly you're, and, and I took a lot of pride in this, your <laughs> producer, the great Frank Fernandez, and my new best friend, he said, and I think I'm quoting him accurately, that was the best podcast he's ever heard. Now, he might have said one of, but I only heard that he it was the best. He said one of. One, one of, of but really back in. we'll see how the broadcast turns out. How's that? We'll figure, I'll, I'll chime in, and I'll figure out and see what the, what the broadcast sounds like. And then we'll Very tell you confident. if it's better than the podcast. I think the broadcast will be better than the podcast. Don't, don't you, Manny? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll find out when the audience says we hate that Walter guy. Get him off the yeah, air. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 they may boo him off the air. We'll, well, that's a, that's a that's a given. That's, <laughs> but I, if we if you don't have me, who else to beat up on? Because I'm the only one that gets mocked on that show. Well, um, as it stands, your young buck, uh, your young buck producer will also get a little razzing here and there, but that's always behind the scenes. But yes, out in the open, Walter. They said they needed a resident old man, and that's why they chose you for the job. Uh, you excited, bro? Because I know we're all excited and ready to rock and roll with this, but I, I think it's very unique to have so much experience in a triumvirate of radio hosts, and I think it's in, yeah. under a set of unique circumstances. And by the way, we at Slam Radio appreciate you guys doing this as we'll have one or two young men or women at any given time working on your show as your producers, and it helps us deliver the correct experience that we want to deliver here at Slam Radio to those students. And that puts them, you know, running the knobs of a real show that's on national radio. And we, we enjoy those experiences. Can't do it without the three of you actually putting this out there and, and giving of yourselves to be part of what Slam Radio is. We appreciate you. You just said oh, we, knobs, but I'll ignore that that you said that. Yeah, I, I threw it in there on the heels of Kanye going crazy about Kim, and I don't know if it was about her knobs or not, but nonetheless, <laughs> I figured knobs was in order this morning. Right, Frank? I mean, just the right thing to say. Right. But but what I'm excited about, too, is just, first of all, the association with you guys. And, Larry, you've been great. We've, we've, we've all known you for many years. So that's great. And also the people that we're able to bring on through all of our connections. And, you know, um, Navarro that you have there got, got Tim Hardaway and, and, uh, and Andre got Miguel Rojas. I, I did an interview with Leonard Hamilton. And now, we'll, now that we have a show on series, we want to do the three of us interviewing people together were able to get Placido Polanco and one of the really cool things about that interview Larry at the end he says dude let's do this every week I've never interviewed somebody that was loved the interview so much he said let's do this every week I don't know if we can comply with that but it was really cool that this you know former major league star MVP of the, of the the ALCS would say, let's do this every week. Well, I'm expecting success for this. And and the moment we up it to two hours, you tell him you get him on every week for 15 minutes and you just incorporate <laughs> it and it's good to go. He might get tired of you guys after a while, but take advantage. while the while. Strike while the iron's hot, I would say. 
What did Navarro okay, say? Okay. What did I miss in, in his his great appearance? What did what did Navarro? Navarro spoke of the necessity of an elder statesman like yourself. No, we spoke <laughs> about the history of your relationship. I actually wondered. I missed I missed your expert tutelage in my days as a yes. stringer for high school sports for the Miami Herald. I think I just missed you when I did my little comeback in 05. What was your What was your uh, run? What years? So I did the early years, like I was 87, 88. Then I did a couple of things in the 90s, but then I came back strong, was 05, and I went through probably 12 or something like that. So you've done it every decade. You're like, uh, what was that? Uh, what was that Cuban uh, mini Minoso? Mini, uh, I did a little mini Minoso in the '90s. There, yeah, that was a very short term of my stint. But you could you could extend out to say '80s, '90s, the 2000s, and the 10s. I haven't done the 20s yet. But my last work was a couple of years ago as Doral won a uh, a football playoff game against I think it was Nova. I don't remember what it was, but they beat them soundly in Doral. So that's the last game I did. I do. I used to do those games for giggles. I never even sent in invoices for those because I just enjoyed doing it wow. so much. Yeah, I just I'm a fool when it comes to that stuff. Um, <laughs> but I thought maybe you had been my boss for a minute or two, but no, that wasn't the case. It, it didn't no. work out that way. No. Uh, but, other than uh, that, but, we were making fun of the fact that you were late. That was, that was it. Yeah, that, that was it. And, and by the way, we can't wait to get uh, Walter's favorite uh, local coach, Ron Flores. We're gonna get him on just for Walter. <laughs> He keeps calling him Ron Flores, even though it's Brian Flores. Brian, Brian. Yeah. Ron for I short, said, I think. I said, that, I said that one time. I'm never going to hear it. You will never time. live it down. But yeah. let me t- I did I did talk to uh, Larry, somebody you probably know, North Miami Beach High School coach Jeff Bertani yesterday. He was he was making fun of Navarro. He said, he said every time Navarro came to one of our games, we lost. Every time Andre came to our game, we won. So he likes Andre a lot. Better. He likes Andre a lot more. Man, Bertani, I haven't talked to him in a minute. And, yes, I've known him for many years. Um, wow, that's a name from the I – had, I hadn't even thought of that name in a while. That's good. Man, we're so excited to have you on with us. Tell Andre he missed the party. Remember, every week we want to talk to you for a few minutes because you guys do better radio than I do. So uh, I figure if I put you on my show immediately, I'd become a better radio show by virtue of that. But um, so many years okay. of working with you, Manny, and, and this is an exciting moment for me because you always came through. Like, look, I had to call you today in Walter's absence. Um, I, I had to call you, and within three minutes, I had you on the air. And you were always that reliable for me as a radio host. And I'm excited to to be able to turn around and, and offer a platform for you to guys for you guys to excel. We are expecting big things from you, which means Frank, they won't be with us long. But whatever, we'll give it a shot. No. Oh well. It'll be over quick. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> and now, and now, what about young Anthony? Is Anthony going to be our? Uh, is he going to be sticking with his program? Because oh yes. He got the pinch hitter. No, no, no. He, yesterday. I mean, no, Frank Anthony, was your pinch hitter. Uh, Frank was your pinch hitter yesterday. This is all Anthony's project. Yes. The, the right. little man needed he needed a few days to run wild and free on the beaches of Naples. So, gotcha. He let his hair loose and it looked pretty for a little bit, but then whatever. I'm a bald guy, bro. I get very jealous when I see his Goldilocks running through the hair like running through the wind like that. So it's just <laughs> tough. It's tough. And he's like a young me. I used to look like that once upon a time. I tell him, Hunt, Papa, whatever you do, do me a favor. Try not to look like this when you get older." Um, <laughs> But whatever, I just tell him keep brushing your hair. Don't put on caps, and maybe you won't go bald like me. Don't put on caps. Don't put on. Remember the Cubans who said, "No se puede poner la gorra ahí donde empieza la calle." Pero yeah, I know it's because you guys gave me bald jeans, but you don't want to admit right. it. Right. Oh. Right. It's the genetic. <laughs> Every one of my uncles and grandfather, they're all bald. Yeah, but it's because I'm wearing a hat. Okay, big guy. Guys, I love you. I can't wait to uh, tune in at 12, and I think neither can our listeners. Again, catch them 
from page 305. It is Walter Villa, Andre Fernandez, Manny Navarro. Each and every Tuesday at noon, right here on Slam Radio Series XM 145. Love you guys. Take care and welcome aboard. Thank you, brother. See you soon. Take care, guys. Quick break on the other side. We'll finish this baby up. You want me to keep going, Frank? Keep going. What about the bills we have to pay? What bills need bills? Bro, we got a we got a busy a busy today in in this day so we can go over. I know you love going uh, today and this day. Yeah, but I can't do anything because my dastardly computer has out of juice and my charger sucks. It's a paperweight today. Today and this day in 1969. Oh, gosh. I can only imagine it has something to do with either someone de- dealing with the moon thing or whatever, or, or it has to do with the Mets. Oh, look at you. Neil Armstrong becomes the first person to step on the moon. There you go. Look at you. Look at me. <laughs> that was great. I can't believe I just actually did that. Got a long list of sports, though. A lot of sports. I figured the right, Mets. Sorry, long list of birthdays. Birthdays. Sports. Birthdays. 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 Whose birthday is it today? Wait, Kellen Winslow II. The, the hurricane. The guy who's in jail. Not the father. The hurricane. Yeah. The guy who's in jail. Okay. Romeo Santos. Romeo Santos. Who's Romeo Santos? He's a singer. He's a, one of these... Uh, oh, that guy who's like 6'9", and the women go, go cr- croon over him? Yeah, I wonder why they croon over a guy who's 6'9". <clears throat> Frank, I'm making you uncomfortable today, aren't I? A little bit. That's what she said. Yes, sir. <laughs> in fact, I found an awesome shirt in my drawer. It'll be making an appearance sometime, probably either eh, maybe earlier next week. You're gonna you're gonna want the shirt. Uh oh. So continue. CC Sabathia turns 42. Turns whatever he turns. When's his? Well, you don't know. I mean, the date's here, but what year was he born? Uh, okay, hold on. She said it was there. I mean, yeah, I gotta find it again. I gotta there, find it. A huge list. I'm thinking it's 1978. That's when he was born. 78, you say? Yes. Making him 42. I think he's a lot older than that. Oh, look at that, 1980. 40. It's his 40th birthday. It's also David Carr's birthday. David Carr. Is that that quarterback that used to be playing the position from his back on the floor? Yes, that one, the former Texan. Guy who got sacked 277 times like in three years or some. I'm exaggerating. That guy, yeah. That dude. He's 41 today. He's happy to be alive. Continue. It's one of the Marley's birthday. It's Damian Marley's birthday. It is birthday. Damian Marley's. I already sent him my best wishes. That's the through the my boy birthday, Rohan. Right? No, Rohan's. Oh, Rohan. Rohan's, Rohan's my boy. All right. It's also um, an actor which probably has one of my favorite lines of all time. Um, oh, actually, so, this is not. I'm uh, low expectation here. Who? John Lovitz. John Lovitz. You mean? Yeah, him. Lovitz. 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 What did he say? Oh my God! The League of Their Own. It's a series of liners. First of all, he walks in and he goes, hey, cowgirls, you see the grass? Don't eat it. That's the first one. Second one is when he's trying out the girl. He goes, see, how it works is the train moves, not the station, because they won't get on the train. All right. You're, you're, in, a, you're in one of those moods today, amigo. I, I tell you, bro. I just think your, your movie line radar is different than mine. Oh, man. I, 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 those are, those are tough to laugh at. Continue. Ernest Hemingway is also celebrating, a, or what did celebrate a birthday today once upon a time. It's always his birthday today. And um, the goat of this list, it would have been Robin Williams' 69th birthday today. Yes. So that's it? That's our list? That's our list. There's a ton more, but those are the, one, those are the ones that, uh, that I, I picked out. Also, Josh Hartnett's birthday is also an actor. Oh, I think I know who he is. Interesting. So happy birthday to Josh Hartnett. He was on the, um, wasn't that a former Fergalicious? It's that guy, right? I think I know if I see him, but I don't, I don't keep up with it like you. 
Well, I'm trying to keep up with it more and more. You said you wanted more entertainment up in this show. I do, and I'm glad you're bringing this up. Only the movie lines suck. You suck. Well, the movie lines are pretty bad. You've done better with movie lines. No, Josh Hartnett's not Mr. Fergalicious. No, he's not. got those guys confused. Okay. But he was in uh, Pearl Harbor. That's what he was in. Yeah, he was the one that's chasing uh, the love interest away from Ben Affleck. Yes. Exciting. Exciting. Anybody else's birthday on this day? You didn't do it on this day? Uh, there's so many, man. Mm. Gary Teal. I don't know who Gary Teal is. You know who the hell is Gary Teal? Paul Casey. Who the hell is Paul Casey? Paul Casey's a golfer. He won the Ryder Cup in 2004, 2006, 2018. Has three PGA Tour titles, 13 European Tour titles. Well, he doesn't win the Ryder Cup. The team he played for won the Ryder Cup. Is that correct? Correct. I'm just, he was in those victories. Right. He won three tours. He won 13 European tours. Anyways, whatever. Jeff Jenkins also celebrating a birthday today. He's the son of Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins, I He's assume. a baseball outfielder, was an all-star in 2003, also won a World Series in 2008. Played for the if, Brewers and yeah, the Phillies. He won in 08? With the Phillies. With the Phillies. The year before they lost in 09 to my Yankees. Joe Rudolph, NFL guard for the Philadelphia Eagles, also celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Joe Rudolph. So did you already wipe out the Kanye song from the playlist? I already wiped it's it out. It's gone, right? It wasn't even in there. I just played it off my computer. Mm, that's good. I didn't take... Make sure you report it. I wouldn't want him getting mad. I didn't put the effort into actually, you know, do all that. Yeah, well... Today in sports, though, in 2002, uh, Michael Schumacher, uh, with a record six races remaining, clinches the fit, his fifth Formula One World Driver Championship with a victory in the French Grand Prix. Didn't he win six of those straight or something like that? Um, Maybe more. No, he won f- five, but it wasn't straight. Maybe it could have been straight. I thought he it was won a bunch straight. straight. All right. Speaking of racing and movies, because we've been on the movie touch all day, have you seen Ford versus Ferrari? Absolutely not. You need to watch that movie. It's a phenomenal movie. Is it really? Yeah, it's a really good movie. Matt Netflix? Um, I think actually the, 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 the Xfinity thing. The on Demand. On Demand. I I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay up through the whole thing, but I'll give it a shot. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. The guy has an attitude that you would like. Then again, now I'm kind of questioning a little bit because now with your with your latest hate of sports all of a sudden. I don't hate sports. I don't even know who you are anymore. I need my fans. I don't even know who you are anymore. So what are they going to do with football? Are there going to be some fans in football? Well, there's going to be no fans for preseason games because there's going to be no preseason games. I heard that. So they don't have to worry about that, which is probably the best decision that the owners could have made because at the end of the day, if there's no fans going into the games, so you're not getting any ticket revenue, what's the purpose of actually risking the bodies of these players? It's going to be a clunky start anyways. Yes, it is. The beginning of the season is going to suck, at least for the first month. So maybe through September, it's going to be awful football. But hey, guess what? We're going to be there like zombies watching because there's going to be football, football. And I guarantee you, you're going to have no problem with no fans being in the building at this. Because football's different because the fan is somewhat invisible in a football game. How? The, f- the fan is invisible in baseball, too. How is it not invisible in baseball? How Listen, is it? I don't understand your concept. Frank, did you watch the Yankee game? I'm being serious. You saw the empty seats. Therefore, the fan is visible. Okay. So when there's fans, there's a bunch of people there. You just don't notice it. And in football, the fan's visible. The first three you or four rows. You focus. Three or four rows. Really, bro? You don't Same see Same thing fans. with baseball. You see the fans when they score a touchdown. Bro, you see fans in baseball every time they throw football a ball. Football survives this. Those are fans that they see. Football survives this. So the Marlins can trick people. Rah, rah, they football. Do is just fill those three rows. Miami has Dolphins. The, the greatest football team. I can't wait for football. 
I can't wait for my dude to come back. What dude? You. Pivot. I am back. Oh, pivot back this way. Pivot. Baseball crap with no fans. It's garbage. Swill. Basketball might be better, might not. Football will rock, though. Football, I promise, will rock. It's not the same. I didn't expect that, Frank. I didn't expect for that void to be so blaring. I'm crying because I want the fans to watch the games in their stands, and they can't. I understand why they can't, but it does take away from the experience. I'll watch the baseball games. You know I will. I want to see the Yankees win the World Series, and then everybody says this one doesn't count. Anybody else but the Yankees win, they'll say it counts. Yankees win, it doesn't count. It wasn't fair. Not looking forward to a baseball season where a guy who hits 20 homers will lead the league. 20 homers will get you the home run crown this year. This year? That's going to that's 17 to 20. 60 games? Year. It's going to be uh, 20 home runs going to be the leader? I think so. Should be an easy year to win the Triple Crown. So much for the streak of how many people hit 30 or more homers and all that stuff. That's out the window this year. But can you really break a streak? It's not the fault that there's only 60 oh, games. Oh, yeah. We'll start it up again when we have a real season. It was interesting being in Naples, Frank. I barely talked about it. Masks suggested, not required. Spread is far less. The cases are far less. Granted, there's less people. But supposedly a community that's more affected by this, unless I'm being ignorant. Maybe I am. I want to go back to the beach. This is 100% of Miami thing, that nobody wants to follow directions and nobody wants to kind of just... Just do their own thing. Like, it's statistically coming out that you're more likely to catch this from family than you are anywhere else. Because everybody's letting their guard down and say, oh, that, bro, I'm going to my family's house. We're good. We don't have it. And before you know it, all these gatherings are coming all over the place. I just told somebody on Twitter, she's like, with all the numbers that are coming out and all and, 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 and we're over capacity and ICUs, and so, when are people going to take it seriously? They're not. It's Miami. It's Miami. They're not going to take it seriously ever. So why, why is it not spreading in the West Coast? They're not even wearing masks over there. Cali has high numbers. It's not right now West it's, Coast. Naples oh, West, West Coast. Because it's, my, it's a Miami thing. But what's a Miami thing? I see more masks being worn here than there. Why is it a Miami thing? Because people are still congregating and doing more parties and, and hanging out together more here than they are over there. Over there, everybody's kind of minding their business. I everybody's guess. respecting it over there. In Miami, you look all over the place, and there's just gatherings happen. No, I'm not talking about looking not only in Dade. Cross the street. Go anywhere. There's so many cars out on the street right now that it's unnecessary to be out on the street. You go to Naples. You go to Cape Coral. You go to that neck of the woods, and there's not many cars. The people that are out are the people kind of trying to get something done and then going back home. There was no traffic. Anyway. Coming up next, the youth. Glad to be back. Still not feeling it. Not. It's funny. I spent the last six days without a shirt on. <laughs> Oh, boy. It's all good, bro. Stay tuned to the youth coming up next. I'm off like a dirty shirt. See ya. The views and opinions expressed on Good Morning Amigo are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.